Well, this week we're going to start a two-week series um, looking at this idea of this is us. For those of you who have journeyed with LBC for any amount of time, this is our first week uh, where we are in the land of PK, post-Karen. Now, I, want to, I need to reference this up front uh, because, to be honest with you, we need time as a community We need time as people who have been a part of this church for years. And if you're joining us for the first time today, online or in the room, you've got to understand that these next two weeks are just our way of coming to terms with what life is going to look like going forward. One of the unhealthiest things that we could do in this time is to just go, well, Karen's gone, we're just going to go forward into what God has for us next. Karen has been, had been a part of this community leading for 16 years. We need to take time to remember who we are, regardless of who is in leadership. And we need to take time as a community to stop and pause and just go, we're stepping into something new. And we don't know exactly what that is going to look like 100%. Because LBC has been gifted with many years of a leadership which has been consistent and which has been centered around a good, strong structure, not just with Karen, but also with the board. And we need to recognize that we're entering a new season. So before we start to go forward as a community, we're going to take some time to reflect about who we are as a community. Because it doesn't matter who is in charge, so to speak. We are a people who are gathered because God is real, Jesus is alive, and we are an expression of his church. Amen? Amen. So we need to take some time to just remember who we are. We've never forgotten, but just take some time intentionally as we debrief as a community over these next two weeks what it looks like to be us, to be LBC. Now, if you are joining us for the first time or you are fairly new to this space, uh, hopefully you'll get a little bit of insight into who we are here. And at the end of this, this week and next week, you'll have an idea about whether you want to sign on with us or not. Because we're going to be looking at our values about who we are as people. We're going to be looking at how we express ourselves currently as a church. And so these next couple of weeks, if you're, still, if you're just checking us out or you're still trying to figure out if this is a place you want to belong to, these next two weeks for you are going to give, us, give you insight into who we are. And you can go, hmm, I want to be a part of that. Or maybe I don't want to be a part of that. But hopefully, hopefully you will get to see the heart that we have here at the end of the day is that we love God and we love people. Because God loves people. And I hope that that comes through. And even though we express ourselves in a certain way, that's just because who God has put in the room and how we've been gifted and how we've been blessed. But as we go forward, we trust that he is the one who is guiding us and that he is the one who is forming this community to be who we need to be as we partner in his redemptive love for this community and his redemptive love in your life. So... Let's have a look today. We're going to have a look at some of our, we're going to have a look at our church values. So uh, I've got a slide there, Arno, about community with the definition there. Can you chuck that one up for me? Yep, that one there. What is community? Community is all about belonging to a group of people who have some sort of shared goal or shared thing that makes them who they are. It says a group of people living in the same place having particular characteristic in common. That is community. Um, It's the condition of sharing or having certain attitudes and interests in common. We as a church community have in common Jesus. 
And if we dig too much deeper, we're going to find that all of us are on the spectrum of every issue, of every way of expression. Of, we're, we're different. All of us, some of us are extremely artistic. Some of us are very good at accounting. Not that accountants can't be artistic. I don't, I'm trying to think of... Some of us are sporty. Some of us would rather pay someone to run than run ourselves. Some of us, we are different, but we are united through one thing, and that is Jesus. That's the thing that brings us together. That is what makes us community. And as this community, we have some values that it sort of speaks to who we are in the culture and the way we express ourselves. The reason we run the ministries we run, the reason we set up Sundays the way that we do, the reason that we do pastoral care the way that we do, all of that is because we have certain values that make us go, well, this is who we are, this is how we act and how we behave, and then we go and we exercise that with the people that God has put in the room or that God has put on the bus to do it with us. So today, we're going to be having a look at who we are and we're going to have a look at our values as a church. So I need to be up front. I love being part of a team. I mean, who doesn't? Being a part of a team is awesome. Now, growing up, I played individual sports. Like, you know, you got squash and tennis and, I guess, card games. And there's other, you know, they're individual sports. And they're fun and enjoyable. But there's something about being part of a team. And growing up, I loved team sports. Cricket was awesome. Now, for those of you who don't like cricket, you think it's crazy that someone would be willing to sit there for five hours and not do anything. It's boring. Yeah, 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 sure. Laugh it up. Five days for a match. Craziness. But being part of a team meant that I was willing to sit there and do nothing if it meant that the team benefited. Uh, growing up, I also played many many other team sports, basketball, football, hockey, soccer. You just give everything a shot, don't you? Volleyball. And you know, I was never the best on the team. I was never that standout star, but I loved just being part of the team environment, playing my role to make sure that the team was able to do what the team needed to do. Because each season, the team would come together and we would become community. We had a common goal. Thrash the other blokes. Thrash the other people. We had a common goal that we met for. We practiced, we trained, we got together on game day and said, this is who we are. That is what we are gathered here to do. And what I experienced was that when people on the team were committed to the outcome of the team, that was really fun. It was actually really enjoyable. I was able to take on criticism a lot easier. I was able to um, adapt what I did because I knew that I was part of a team and if the team needed something from me, I would do what needed to be done to make sure the team would progress. And they were great to be a part of. The flip side of that when a team was more out for themselves or if a team was more interested in their own playtime than the goal of the team, we, we, not as fun, not as enjoyable. In fact, growing up, I had a conversation when I came down for, uh, for Country Week because I grew up in Kalgoorlie, so we came to Perth to play other, other people for cricket. It was great fun. And uh, I would open the batting, wasn't doing that great, and the coach had to come and have a tough conversation with me and say, Josh need to drop you down the order. And I said, that's fine. Because I knew the coach wanted the best for the team, and he was right. He made a good decision. I dropped down the order. I actually made some runs, and I enjoyed it there, enjoyed being part of the team experience. But contrast that to another conversation I had when I was playing soccer. Um, the coach came up to me and said, Josh, you're just going to sit out the first half. I'm going to bring you in the second half. I didn't like that. 
because I knew that the coach's motivation for doing that was that he wanted his son to have game time. In fact, the whole goal of that team was how many minutes can I get in the middle of the field? It wasn't as fun of an experience. I didn't receive that, that feedback very well. Because, in truth, it's always easier sitting out on a team which is successful and which feels like a team than it feels to be playing part of a team that it seems to be for themselves. And I imagine that you're the same as me. When we're part of something which is just bigger than ourselves, when there's movement, when there's momentum, um, we naturally enjoy being in those spaces. We enjoy adapting to the challenge or the circumstance. We naturally just enjoy being part of a space where it feels like we're winning. And not only are we winning, we're winning because I am playing a role. I'm not just a spectator. I'm a part of it. And on the flip side, when we're part of a team where the direction is not clear, when we lose again and again, or when our contribution is overlooked, or maybe we're just discounted, we start to reevaluate. Do I want to be a part of this team? Do I want to work in this workspace? Do these friends actually have my best interest at heart? Now, of course, being part of a church is not exactly like being a part of a team, is it? But there are some similarities. Um, at the end of the day, we all want to contribute. We all want to feel like we're giving something. We want to feel like we're a part of it. We all want to feel like we belong. Do you agree to that? We want to feel like we are known to people and that we know people. It's why um, here when we do welcome time or when we're in our space, I know uh, COVID has made it a bit difficult and mingling and stuff. We try to do what we can. Those moments are actually really key for us because we want this community to be a place where you can know somebody and where you can feel like you are known. And we want to feel like we're winning. We want to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And we want to feel that we're growing in a skill, in an ability, or in a gifting. And uh, what was read out before by Kimberly so well, we're going to have a look at that just now. Because in this uh, letter, in, the, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Paul is speaking into this space. And I want to pick up a couple of things that he says. Now, the context for what we're going to look at now, uh, Paul was somebody, and we don't have time to go into it, unfortunately, because it's a killer story, um, Bad choice of word, bad wording choice there. Paul was someone who literally was trying to squash the Jesus movement. Like he was doing everything in his power to stop it. He met Jesus and then he became the guy who expanded it the most. And it's just this incredible story of God's redemptive work in his life. But this is that person, the one who was once trying to stop this thing. And this is his encouragement, speaking to the church, encouraging them to be all that they can be, and this is what that looks like. So Ephesians chapter 4, if you've got your Bible, I'm going to read 1 to 5, and then going to look at 15 and 16. As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace, because there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and who is in all. Verse 15. Speaking the truth in love. That's a tough phrase, speaking the truth in love. Uh, we're not going to look at that now, but there's a lot to unpack there. How do you speak truth in love? It's a, it's a skill, it's a character development, isn't it? We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, 
joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. And I love this ending here. As each part does its work. For me, that says that I have a work to play. I have something which I'm contributing. I love that. So let's have a look at a couple of phrases here. To live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What is he saying here? The calling we receive is one of grace as we follow the example of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. When we follow Jesus, we don't live the way that we want uh, because there's something in us. And uh, we've all encountered this in one way or another. We want what's best for me. I want to live a life which makes me look good. I want to live a life which benefits me and my passions and my desires and how I think the picture should be. But when we encounter Jesus, he calls us to something bigger than living for me. His grace is beyond just have a good life so that you can be the best you you can be. Living in the calling which he has for you and me, we start to live in a new reality in which we say, Jesus is the one who's in charge. And he's the one who we emulate and become like. And you know what I love about that? Jesus went and lived a life which said it's not about me. He served his disciples. He loved other people. He showed forgiveness, but he stood up when he needed to stand up. And at the end of the day, yes, it is all about Jesus. Absolutely, because he is God. But the way that he demonstrated it in his life, he said that we're here, not for me, but for we for community. And he demonstrated that by the way that he lived. So live a life which is in line with this grace that he's given. Follow the example of Jesus. We need to be sure of who we are in Christ. And what I love is that the outcome of this is that we will become people who, who actually make the fruit of the Spirit a part of who we are. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, these are things which we want other people to have, and it's something that we should be aspiring for ourselves as well. We want love. We want joy. We want to have peace. In this day and age, we want peace because there is a lot of life where things are not peaceful. And when we live in the calling that Jesus has for you and for me, we begin to be formed. And this becomes a part of who we are. And God willing, the longer we follow Jesus, the more this reflects who we are. I've followed Jesus now for uh, 12 years in terms of actually committed to him. And I hope and pray that these things are more evident now than when I first turned to him. There's some things, of course, where you, you make a decision or you do something and you realize that's not very loving. That wasn't very patient. That wasn't very kind. But the Holy Spirit makes us aware of that and we start to be refined and become more and more like these things. They become more a part of who we are. So as we follow Jesus and the grace that he's given us, hopefully these things develop. Now the next part I want to look at here, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And that is difficult because people are difficult. Because I have one way thinking this is how life should be. And then along comes Derek and says, I think life should be this way. And then along comes Peter and says, well, I think life should be this way. And then Jackie comes along and says, I think life should be this way. And before you know it, we're having this conversation about how we think things should be. And suddenly, being united is not as easy as I thought it was before because if they just saw it how I saw it, there would be unity. 
but that would be boring, and that would be conformity, and it doesn't work. So make every effort to keep the unity in the Spirit. And what I want to say is that if we are living a life which is producing and displaying the fruit of the Spirit, why would we ever seek disunity? Why would we ever want there to be harmful conflict, pain and incongruence in how we love one another in the way that we behave and the way that we live out our calling in Christ? So being part of a Jesus community means growing in the grace we have received and seeking to live in community and unity with others, even when they are very annoying, they're very frustrating. And if they just saw it the way that you did, because if I gave you the mic right now and got you to come up here, I'm sure if you gave us your vision, we'd all go, yes, that's how it should be. Until we start to raise our hands and say, one question, one question, one question, and then But keeping unity is not about having the same picture. It's about allowing ourselves to be formed in the picture which Jesus is forming and trusting that he is doing that. Does that mean there's going to be no conflict? No. If there's ever no conflict, uh, you're out of the loop because healthy conflict is a part of growing. In fact, I'm trying to think of a way to develop love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. How do you develop them without conflict? I mean, to grow in patience, you've got to be? If you want to grow in goodness, you're going to have to do something or be exposed to or have an issue where you're going to have to put someone else's good above your own to grow in wanting to genuinely develop goodness for that person. I don't know how to do it apart from conflict. But we do it in the bonds of peace, in the spirit of unity, and we have it in a healthy way which says, at the end of the day, I just want to be united in Jesus. And everything else is up for grabs. Theology, ideas, ideology, debates, all that's up for grabs. But we're united in Christ and we're going to figure it out in community. We're going to read our Bible in community. We're going to have tough conversations in community. And we're going to be shaped in community. So make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. I'll move along. From Him who the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Each part does its work. This is the final piece of the puzzle and then we're going to look at our values quickly. We grow together and build ourselves up in love, all of us doing our part to contribute to the community. Sunday mornings, being a part of LBC, serving in this community is never meant to be a spectator sport. There's a contribution for you to make here. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's part of the prayer ministry. Maybe it's in a life group space. Maybe it's serving during the week. Maybe it's in generosity. Maybe it's in a skill or something you have which can bring, I don't know, bring something to the church which we were unaware of. And maybe your contribution is to just love other people who are here. But there is a role for you to play and I would hate for you to think that the role is to just be here, be present, tick the box and move on. And I want to say, for those of you who who aren't serving at the moment or for those of you who are new to this community, you're sitting alongside some of the most generous people who give of their time, their effort, their finances to see Jesus glorified in this community. And there's always the invitation for you to join in. And next week, we're going to look at what that looks like. But for today, we're just going to have a look at these values. So next week, make sure you come back because I want to talk about how we express ourselves, the vehicles we use to do the ministry God has given us to do. So 
Come along next week if you want to hear that part or join in online. But for today, I just want to have a look at our values because this is who we are and who we strive to be. All right. So what does LBC have in our culture that unites this community? So yes, there's Jesus, and that is the one who unites us all. But how do we express that through our culture and through what we value? So we have three values as a community. We are people who are Jesus-centered, who are spirit-led, and who are uh, community-focused. So Jesus-centered just means how are the words, the works, and ways of Jesus reflected in what we do? Is Jesus the main thing? The second one, spirit-led, is just how are we working with the Holy Spirit to reflect God in all that we do? Are we listening to His voice? Are we listening to His leading? Are we aware of the work the Spirit is doing? And how do we make sure that we are in line with what He is doing in this community? And the third thing is that we are community-focused. How do we stand in the space between people's reality and what life can be with God? Because I believe that life with God is just, there is peace, there is joy, there's security, there's, there's um, a sense of community. There's something about having God. I just go, you know what? Life is better with Jesus. But that is not the reality of everybody. So how do we as a church stand between people's reality, that space between their reality and what they experience, and what life can be like with God? How do we do that well? That's what it means to be community-focused. So Jesus-centered, uh, we look at what Jesus did, how he lived. Uh, we look through uh, primarily the main witness we have to how Jesus lived and what he said is in the gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we look there and say, well, how did Jesus live? What were the rhythms of his life? What were his sayings? How did he bring life where he went? And then as a community, we ask ourselves, is what we're doing reflecting those things? Remember back in the day, you had the little, um, what would Jesus do, armbands? No, they like ski. Every youth event, they just like threw them into the crowds. You know, what would Jesus do? Effectively, we are asking that. We're asking, well, what would Jesus do? We just don't have the, uh, the armbands. So, Jesus-centered. Spirit-led, without the Holy Spirit, to be honest, we cannot be in relationship with God in the first place. It's by the power of the Spirit that we are able to recognize who Jesus is and that he is the one who has restored us to right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And as a community, we want to ask ourselves, are we in tune with what the Spirit is doing? And then community focus, we understand that as a community, the focus is not about ourselves only. This message of hope that you and I have been given, that Jesus loves us and that He died for us and that we can have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father, the one who created everything, that message is too good to stay inside these not four walls. These many walls. This octagon of walls. <laughs> and there's even little funny walls that happen over there. Anyway, it's too good to just keep in here. We want to share that with our community. I don't know about you, but the difference that Jesus has made in my life, I want other people to have that. I don't want it to stop with me. And I thank God that the people who were influential in my life, that it didn't stop with them. Because the only reason I know Jesus today is because someone stood before me and someone had the faith to believe and someone was then willing to share it with me. Because if they didn't share it with me, it may never have come to me. 
So who is it in our lives as a community? I'm not just putting this on individuals, for all of us as LBC. Who is it that we need to come and be faithful for and share the hope and the good news that we have received? How do we do that? So at LBC, we're a group of people that are connected because of Jesus. And we're each on our own journey, but we're connected through personal faith and through the programs that we run. And the reason that we have all of this is because people have been faithful to the call of God on their lives and expressed it through community here. So now what I want to ask you, and we're going to have a reflection in just a minute, which is just two minutes. There'll be some questions up there, a chance to just empty your head. Then I'll invite John to pray after that video. I want to just ask you, with everything that you've heard so far, are you leaning in or do you need a chance to reevaluate? Because to be honest, when transition happens, we start to look at our place on the team. We start to look at our place in the community and we can start to be real. Am I here because I feel I'm contributing and that I'm valued by the team? Am I here because it's convenient? Am I here because I believe that this church is on a path that I want to be a part of? Am I here because I like the people? Am I here in spite of the fact that I don't like some of the people? Don't put your hand up if that's you. And I'm not saying that those questions or how you answer them is wrong. I just want to make sure that in this moment of transition over these next two, minute, two weeks, as we reassess, we need, to, we need to ask the question, am I leaning into what LBC is on about? Or do I need a chance to reevaluate? Because Karen stepping out and the transition that is happening in leadership is a big deal. Some of you are in the room because of Karen's leadership. Some of you, it doesn't matter what happens, you are LBC strong. And you are leaning in no matter what because you have been loved by this community and you love being a part of it. But for some of us who are on the fringes, for some of us who may be thinking about what does this transition mean to me, I want to make sure that you know exactly who we are, how we operate. So make sure you come back next week so that you can know, are you leaning into where we're going or do you need a chance to reevaluate? And you might reevaluate and go, yep, I'm in. That's great. But you might reevaluate and go, is this where God is calling me to be? Because at the end of the day, I'll be dead honest with you. I don't care what church you're a part of. I love that you're here. I love that you're here. But I want you to be where God has called you to be. And if he's called you to be a part of another church, then that's where you need to be. If he's called you to be a part of this church, then be here, be present, be a part of the community. I just want you to be where God has called you to be. One of the biggest things that hurts my heart is when someone leaves a church and they don't go to another faith community. That's hard for me. When someone leaves this church and goes to another church, we've had transitions that happen all the time where people step out and step into another faith community. I say thank God for their ministry here and I pray that they will minister where they go and I have a chance to be a part of that. I just want people to love Jesus and if your best shot of loving Jesus is here, thank you. That's awesome. I want you to be here. I want you to be planted here. I want you to give and be, be a part of what we do here. But if God's calling you to something else in this moment of transition has put everything up in the air for you, seriously seek God in that. He might be calling you onto something else or he might be calling you to resettle yourself here in a new way. I don't know what it is. I have enough faith in God that whoever's meant to be in the building will be in the building. And I love that you're here and that you're a part of it. 
But if you're meant to be somewhere else, that's awesome too. I just want you to be where God wants you to be. In a space where you know you're growing, cared for, caring for others, and being able to live the fullness of the life that God has given you to live. But here at LBC, we are people who are Jesus-centered, spirit-led, and we are community-focused. Is this a place you want to lean into and continue to? Or in this moment of transition, do you need to just take some time to reevaluate? There's no shame in that. I would love to have conversations with anyone who feels that they want to have a further unpacking of this. Because at the end of the day, I just want us to grow as a community, closer together and closer with our uh, community outside of these many walls. Because I think the message of Jesus that we've been given is too good to stay here. And if your life has been changed by Jesus, I know that you understand that and that you want that for other people, right? Amen? Amen.